Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another exciting night of NBA basketball. With the first pick, the Detroit Pistons select Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State University. Chandler again. Oh, what a block by Max Seal! My goodness! The Pistons are digging in. They got the depth. They got the big men. They got the better basketball team. No doubt about it. There's Jaden playing the passing lane. Sky's a jam. Dynamite dunk and the crowd loves it. Pistons need a three and they have just under three seconds to do it. Here's Chauncey Phillips. Here it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast brought to you by Believe. I am your host, Aaron Johnson. Joining me this week is Jasper Apollonia. Jasper, we got some great stuff to talk about this week. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Excited to talk about the Pistons, as always. You know, this team, they they never wear on me. They never drain me of my energy. And it's always a pleasure to talk about them. But even more so, Aaron, it's a pleasure to talk to you. So let's get into it. Oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. No Mike Anguilano this week. Uh, real life stuff for Mike. We are going to continue to podcast nonetheless. I've got a couple of good topics to get into today. We're going to hit on the Isaiah Stewart contract extension. I'm sure that that will be a good conversation. And we'll also share some of our first impressions from the Detroit Pistons first two games uh, of Summer League. We're recording this on Wednesday evening right before the Pistons play their third uh, game in the Las Vegas Summer League. So we'll have uh, our impressions from the Magic and the Rockets game. But before we get into that, I want to thank our sponsors for this week, Bet Online. They've been with us every week. They continue to support, and I hope you guys are rocking with our promo code. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Okay. So let's move into our first topic of discussion. And, you know, when you get into July and you get out past that first week and a half, two weeks of free agency, you really hit the doldrums of the NBA offseason. And you get to that point, you got to get through August, and then you get to September, and then it's training camp, and it's then more stuff, uh, you know, starts starts to heat up. There's more to talk about. But the Pistons, who have not been very active in free agency, did make, did sign a new contract this week, originally reported by Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. The deal was also later confirmed by the Pistons themselves. But the Detroit Pistons have agreed to a four-year, $64 million contract extension with big man Isaiah Stewart. He was a first-round pick by Troy Weaver in the 2020 NBA draft. And the first of that draft class for Detroit, to get a contract extension. He also 
is the first player from that draft class to sign a contract extension outside of a max contract. Some of those guys that signed those max contracts this year, Lamella Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, uh, are the names. So, Stuart? Oh, don't don't forget Desmond Bain, who could have been a Piston. Desmond Bain, too. So, Stuart inked to a four-year deal. That won't kick in next year. Kicks in the year after that. He's still on his rookie uh, rookie scale contract. Jasper, what are your what are your thoughts on the Pistons uh, inking this deal with Stewart now instead of uh, a year down the road when uh, most players tend to sign uh, that extension as a restricted free agent? Well, Aaron, I mean, this just like it feels like every other move other than drafting Cade Cunningham and maybe Jaden Ivey for for Troy Weaver, it, it's complicated. There's a lot that goes into it because it comes down to just how you look at it. There's going to be a lot of people who are Pistons fans who look at this as a great deal. There is a lot of other people who are Pistons fans who look at this as a complete indictment of the organization. And (laughs) the truth, like most things is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, You know, Isaiah Stewart's a good player. Let's, let's not, you know, pretend like it isn't something that it is at the very least. He's a very capable Uh, center even as a backup center and he is a player that brings a lot to your team in terms of the intangibles in terms of culture locker room the things that you want to see in terms of toughness out on the floor like people can knock those things but there's a reason there's a lot of Boston Celtics fans who are upset that they traded Marcus Smart for an objectively better player in Kristaps Porzingis and that's because Marcus Smart was the heart and soul of that team I think Troy Weaver views Isaiah Stewart, much in the same way. And look, if we're getting down into like the nitty gritty of the contract details, it's at worst, it's a slight overpay. At best, it's a steal. Um, Because this contract doesn't come into play until after next year, which is important, in my opinion. Uh, There is a team option for the fourth year of this deal, so you're not locked into that. You know, team option Troy, he loves those things. And if you look at similar contracts around the league, I think somebody like Naz Reed for the Timberwolves, who's getting paid something like $14 million a year, a little bit less. He's probably a little bit better of a player, but that contract ends two years before Stewart's does. So I think if you look at it in that kind of sense, it's about in line with the market. It's maybe a little bit of an overpay based on what you've gotten from Stewart so far, especially if you're planning on playing him at power forward. But all said and done, the contract itself is fine. Aaron, I think where both of us are probably going to have more of the issue is what this means when you look at it in relation to the rest of the Pistons roster, who they have and what they've prioritized in terms of both their team building and in terms of the money that they've given out. Because like we have hit on many, many times before, they still have Jalen Duran. James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley on this roster as well, uh, along with Boyan Bogdanovich, who is ostensibly still playing power forward for you next year as of right now. So there's a lot of questions that still remain. It's one of those where, you know, the, the money looks okay um, when you look at it in a vacuum. But once again, this is an example of Troy Weaver negotiating against himself. Still undefeated in those negotiations, I guess, but there is a lot to unpack in more of a meta sense or do you not feel the same way? No, I think this 
is another deal, another decision by Troy Weaver that, like most of, of his decisions, in a vacuum you can rationalize. In a vacuum you can say, okay, here's why he did this. Here's why this makes sense. Um, but when you put all of these these deals, these decisions together, you get a roster that has year in and year out not made sense and not fit well together. And, you know, I don't think this decision to to extend Isaiah Stewart provided any clarity in that regard. Uh, it's it's very obvious that the Pistons feel that Isaiah Stewart is a power four. They want to continue uh, moving forward with him as a four. Uh, I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know if the rest of the NBA feels that way. That's how the Pistons feel. Uh, he is not an efficient shooter. He's, he's not an efficient player overall. He's undersized, and he just has a lot of flaws. Now, to be fair, he, he does do some good things, right? He can help this team defensively the toughness that he brings the energy that he brings those are impactful impactful qualities but for me when i look at this deal and i say okay he's gonna be 22 he's got another year left on his deal he hasn't done enough to where i'm ready to lock him in long term on a bigger contract yet i think we can wait another year see what happens in year four and then go from there and, and that's my biggest issue with the decision because I won't push back that Isaiah Stewart doesn't bring stuff to the table. He certainly does. But I also think he has some very, very uh, glaring issues to his game that makes it very hard to project him being a major factor for this team long term. And I've maintained that belief for quite some time. Uh, my, quite, my, my concerns over Stewart really haven't wavered uh, over the last few seasons like we know what he can do we know what he's trying to expand on the three-point shot has really not come along uh, yes he's shooting more attempts but the percentage is still essentially the same he's a 30 just under 33 percent uh, three-point shooter throughout his career uh, he's gonna have to make some pretty significant strides to ever really be a high minutes player on a good team in my opinion and it's going to just be harder for him to make that impact when he's kind of a tweener big. He's only 6'8". He doesn't do a lot of the things that 6'8 that forwards can do in the league nowadays. But he also can't do things that centers in the league are, are able to do. So I, I like some of the stuff on an individual level that Stewart brings. And I, I certainly respect the energy and the heart that he plays with. It, it definitely seems like something that the rest of his teammates corral themselves around and rally around but I just look at this deal and I look at the roster and I say where does Isaiah Stewart fit in a in a front court with Jalen Duran and James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley and Isaiah Livers it's just I I don't see a great fit it, it looks like he's kind of penciled in as the starting four right now I, I don't love the two big lineup. I, I, I just don't think it's going to work, uh, at least with the current guys in it. And that's my problem. In a vacuum, in a singular decision, I don't think bringing back Isaiah Stewart is necessarily wrong. I just think with this current roster construction and where he's at in terms of his development, this maybe could have waited a year. Yeah, I think that is, as with most of our complaints, about moves that Troy Weaver has made, Aaron. It's the timing 
that doesn't really seem to make sense. And it's the thought process behind it that doesn't seem to really add up because look, unless Isaiah Stewart was is going to make some huge leaps as a power forward this year. I mean, really big leaps as a power forward. There's no way he was getting more money than this on the open market. The fact of the matter is it's still probably a little bit of an overpay for the first year that this deal kicks in. After that, I think less so. I think it's going to be about mid-level exemption type of money. And even if Isaiah Stewart doesn't get much better as a player, I, I still think he's worth a mid-level, um, at, at least until his age 27 season. After that, see. But overall, this is like the same thing as the Marvin Bagley contract, where it's you have this guy as a restricted free agent. Like, there's nobody currently going against you there's there's nobody to negotiate against so where is this contract coming from where is this money coming from that this had to be a priority right now i really like isaiah stewart as as a player um you know i i think that we criticize him on here sometimes but that's because he's miscast not because he's not a good player but because they ask him to do things that he's not really hasn't shown the the proclivity to do so at a high level so when I look at a deal like this, it's the same question. Like, who was paying Isaiah Stewart more than $16 million on the open market? And why was this a priority right now when you have unanswered questions in James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley, and you also have a young guy in Jalen Duran on your roster? It doesn't really seem to make sense. If you're not willing to move off of Bogdanovich, Okay, then you're making Stewart your starting power forward next year and you're bringing Bogdanovich off the bench. Well, that craters his trade value. So why didn't you just trade him earlier? The the timing of a lot of these moves just doesn't work up, add up, excuse me. And, and I think, Aaron, we're in lockstep on this. It's not a bad contract. It's a perfectly reasonable contract for a player that we both like. Um, but the details surrounding it just don't, seem to add up at the end of the day and it leaves you with just as many if not more questions than you had coming yeah i i think i agree um i i would have like i said rather seen the next season play out i think it would have benefited the pistons to get a look at at the fit of stewart and Duran long term uh, together instead of just locking stewart up a little bit prematurely um, but Troy has managed his ship the way that he has since he got to Detroit. Uh, he has not wavered from going against the grain uh, and surprising people. It's a consistent thing that he does. And, and this is one of those moves that for me was surprising. Uh, again, I like Isaiah Stewart, he does some good things, but the deficiencies are, are glaring, right? He's, he's a six, eight. Power forward center, we don't know, isn't a good screen center, has poor hands, can't shoot, doesn't shoot well. Some people will say, hey, the three-point shot's coming along. The numbers don't necessarily bear that out. I get, oh, but he shot 50% between two months. Well, then he also had months where he shot 11 and 22%. Like, we can we can go back and forth on that all day. Um, but the glaring weaknesses for me are, are the concern. And then again, the fit with the roster, the fit with the bigs uh, are the concerns. Uh, hopefully. For the Pistons' sake, Stewart proves them right with this extension. Um, when you look at this roster, 
they they need someone to hit. They need someone to come out of the woodworks uh, with the lack of moves that they've made this summer and, and and really, you know, break out. And if Stewart can be that guy, certainly would help Detroit. And then uh, they have them locked up on a good deal, and we we look like idiots for for maybe thinking otherwise. But we will wait and see on on that. Anything else that you wanted to add on the Isaiah Stewart contract extension? Yeah, and this is my last word on it, and it'll bring us actually, I think, into our next topic, which is summer league, um, because the reason again why this doesn't make sense to me is you just said they need players to pop. Well, one of those players that you are counting on popping because you just traded Sadiq Bay for him to you know that this last trade deadline is James Wiseman. We've heard about how James Wiseman has all this potential. This is the last year of his rookie contract is coming up this year what do you do if james wiseman plays well do you also invest in him like are, are you now going to be paying james wiseman six now you're gonna have to pay him more than you paid isaiah stewart because he was in the same draft class the number two overall pick and he's on the same team it's a year later he's gonna want more money so you pay what james wiseman 18 million now and you still have Jalen Duran on the roster, even if you get rid of Marvin Bagley, forget about Marvin Bagley, even though he's still signed for another season. For, let's say you forget about Marvin Bagley. You don't pick up his team option. If you're investing 34 million in Stewart and Wiseman, then Duran's contract comes up two years later. This to me, again, it's just like, why not see what you have in James Wiseman and let this hit restricted free agency where you can match no matter what. Or if Wiseman hits, you could even trade Stewart during the season to a team that's going to have him as a restricted free agent. Um, yeah, boy. I, again, this is just like one of those things where you can understand the reasoning and locking up Stewart, but when you pick apart the move in the context around it, what what what's the thinking here, really? Because if, if you want James Wiseman to hit, how are you going to make this work financially? Oh man, my my vision just got all blurry, and and I I zoned out after I heard James Wiseman eighteen million dollars a year. Um, I think well, that real realistically, if he plays at a at a borderline starter level, right? Isn't that kind of what you have to start with? Well, I guess in that case, I don't ever think Wiseman's going to do that. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Troy Weaver comes out and and and, and extends him this summer as well at this point. But uh, if we are talking those types of numbers for James Wiseman, that might officially break me. Uh, I I might officially be be done with the Pistons if James Wiseman's getting eighteen. Well, well, Aaron, if he's putting up that kind of production, he's been putting up in Vegas. Am I right? Oh man, yeah. I guess we should segue. <laughs> that, that, uh, that was my gotta attempt. try to get away from James Wiseman <laughs> contract talks fast because people will lose their mind at me, and I don't understand why. But let's talk about some league, right? The Pistons have played two summer league games so far as we're recording this. As I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we they're going to be playing another game shortly after uh, we're done recording this here on Wednesday night. One and one, the team's record in summer league, a win against the Magic, an ugly loss to the Rockets. Uh, we've seen the debut of the number five pick in the draft, Osar Thompson, as well as Marcus Sasser. <clears throat> Excuse me. Some of those second-year guys and fourth-year guys playing on their summer league team. Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duren, and James Wiseman have all played in the first two games. 
uh, Jasper, I guess we should probably start with, I think the guy most people were intrigued with seeing, and that was Asar Thompson. Two games for him so far. I don't think the box scores necessarily jump out with you or for you, but what were the impressions uh, of Asar Thompson in his first two games of summer league? I'm I'm pretty happy with what I've seen from Asar Thompson. It's it's about it's about what I expected to be honest. Like he hasn't shown much in terms of shooting. Uh, he went 0 of two from three against the Rockets. He didn't even attempt one against the Magic. Uh, one of four from the field against the Magic. Six of thirteen from the field against the Rockets. You could definitely see that the offense is going to be a work in progress his first year. Um, but that's just in terms of his individual scoring. On the other hand, you can tell that he has the, the the flashes of passing IQ and handle that you saw in his play with Overtime Elite was not a mirage. It's for real. Um, his first assist, I thought, was absolutely gorgeous. He caught the ball in transition, immediately whipped it to, I believe it was Jalen Duran who was streaking towards the basket uh, against the Magic. I thought it was really impressive. And his decision-making, his IQ, you can tell it's there. I said last week the only thing that I'd really be concerned about is if he didn't look like a 99th percentile NBA athlete. And to me, he looks like a 99th percentile NBA athlete. He's fast. He's strong. Um, And even more than that, you can see with his body where he has the space to grow still. And once he gets into an, an NBA weight training program, Um, and he starts, you know, taking those NBA supplements, you can see where he can put on some more, some more weight, some more muscle to his body while maintaining that explosive athleticism, really a lot of effort. And you love to see that. And that's a big reason why, again, he's had three steals, two blocks against the magic, one steal, three blocks against, or sorry, other way around one steal, three blocks against the magic, um, three steals, two blocks against the Rockets. I think you look at that, it's the effort, it's the hustle. You can tell he's going to be a good good NBA player, especially on the defensive end. Um, I, I This might scare people. I do see some of rookie year Stanley Johnson, and I know people are going to hear that and immediately freak out because of how Stanley's career progressed, but I see Thompson as being a much better athlete, especially vertically. And I think that that's going to allow him to get those easy baskets around the rim, (laughs) around the rim that, uh, that Stanley Johnson could. Yeah. I think the, the biggest concern with Thompson is the, is the shooting, right? It didn't look good in, in those first two summer league games. Uh, That was rather apparent, but a lot of the other stuff that he did, looked good right as advertised at athletically you could see the passing skills you could see the iq you could see the defensive traits that that he plays with i think all that was very encouraging you know for me the long-term the long-term concern is the shooting it that is the the key to his long-term ceiling uh it's going to determine how good of a player he can be and you know between the, the 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 two months or whatever that it's been between the lead up to the draft and in the summer league, you know, I didn't expect a whole ton of changes to, to a shot. I know he's been making some mechanical uh, adjustments to it uh, since last year with overtime elite. That was my biggest concern. It wasn't anything that was quelled in those first two games, but I think he did enough other stuff 
at a high level that you can see why there's there's excitement around him because he does have a lot of those those other qualities that are, are rather exciting and I, it's something that I hope he can build on uh, throughout the rest of summer league. I did want to also talk about some of the other guys from the Pistons roster that are playing this week uh, in summer league. I was really looking forward to watching Isaiah Livers play. Yet again, there's a reason he's off the court. Uh, this time, I believe he's away with personal reasons. I'm not sure if he's back with the team yet. I'm not sure if there's been an, I haven't seen any update on it, but he did not play in the first two games. Uh, but some of the guys that we did see, Jaden Ivey, Jalen Duran, James Wiseman, Anything from those guys stand out to you, Jasper? Yeah, I I don't know about for you. I think for me, with Ivy and Duran especially, it's kind of like um you you can tell they're not really taking this all that seriously, and I I hate to say that, but it is true. I don't mean that they're not trying hard. I just mean in the sense of like Jalen Duran is out here taking threes. Um, you know, dribble driving from the three-point line and taking mid-range pull-ups. Uh, these are Jaden Ivy is just not even looking at anybody else to pass, which is I can't lie, a little bit frustrating to watch at times. But no, those those guys are they have proven enough to not have to prove what they can do in summer league. I like seeing Duran show off his passing. I like Duran showing off his rebounding and a little bit of his shooting, especially in the mid-range. I do think that that's eventually going to have to be a big part of his game if he's going to grow into this kind of, you know, Bam Adebayo light role that I see as being a possibility for him. With Ivy, I mean, I don't know, man. I see people on Twitter, like, freaking out about how bad he looks against the Magic, and I'm like, I, sorry, man. I I saw 82 games of Jaden Ivy last year. I'm not worried about it. Not concerned whatsoever. With James Wiseman, I'm interested to see how you feel about it. Because to me, it's a lot of what I saw in the regular season last year. It's a lot of empty stats. It's a lot of, I, I hate using that word empty stats, but it it's scoring and rebounding at the effect of the team's success. There's no other way to look at it sometimes where he, he just doesn't look at guys and he'll make blocks, but he's law, you know, he'll, he'll have a, good block on two plays, but he's lost the other eight out of 10 plays. And so for me, I, I just don't feel any differently than I have at any point that he's been in a Pistons uniform, Aaron. I'm sorry if that sounds harsh. I, I don't know if you feel any differently, but there nothing has changed for me in terms of how I feel about James Wiseman, Jalen Duran, or Jaden Ivey, to be completely honest. Yeah, no changed thoughts for me on Wiseman, right? I think a lot of what he does, he makes a nice move, a nice play, but there's so many other bad decisions or so many other bad plays where it's like, yeah, he does, he did, he had a nice drive to the rim, but then he gets lost on defense. He takes an errant three point shot. It's like he is so much out there. There's a lot of talk right now, and a lot, a lot of people, uh, in just that, what Cam Whitmore is doing in summer league, the way he's shot hunting, the type of decisions he's making. I mean, I see a lot of that in James Wiseman. James Wiseman is, is the same as last year. Give me the ball. I want to shoot. I want to try to score. I want to try to dribble. It's my ball. It's my possession. It's my shot clock. That's what I see from him. Uh, it's, it's, 
he should be imposing himself as a fourth year guy as a seven foot two center you know that's been in, in the nba now for for four years like he should be dominating he should be dominating summer league and he's not <laughs> he he looks like he, he did last year right he's gonna make those handful of plays he the, the stats are gonna add up when he's getting the shots that, that he's getting up um at seven one, I expect him to get a few extra rebounds in the glass in summer league when the guys are are not as physical, they're not as strong, they're not as tall. Like he should be getting those offensive uh putback opportunities that that he's gotten. Nothing that he's done has, has changed my my viewpoint on him. Uh look, I guess I'm in the minority on Wiseman, even though you're you you are pretty much with me, it sounds like. I, I am not interested in James Wiseman. I'm not interested in what he can do. I am. I, I have seen enough. I, I don't need to see any more. The Pistons. You want to continue to invest in him? Uh, he's not doing anything in summer league that's changed my mind on how bad of a, a, a fit he is for the Detroit Pistons long term. And, and it feels a little bit unfair saying that, right? Because I largely agree with you. It feels unfair saying that when like Jalen Duran is messing is basically just messing around and Jaden Ivy is doing the exact same thing. We're kind of complaining about James Wiseman doing just shot hunting and kind of just playing with the worst traits that he played with last year. But I think the difference is that with Jaden Ivy and Jalen Duran, you saw the long-term upside that is more than just them scoring, Right. Like you see more of a long-term upside. You see more of a varied skill set. And with James Wiseman, I'm still not seeing anything different. There's nothing here that's convinced me that I've seen so far that convinces me he's a willing and credible passer. There's nothing I've seen that shows me that he is a skilled uh, shooter with upside for more. There's nothing I've seen that really shows me that he is a capable help side or on ball defender, especially when he's switched onto guards or wings. So for me, it's hard to look at what he's doing and, and feel good about it. And I feel bad saying that because I want James Wiseman to be good. I, I would like James Wiseman to be a credible basketball player, but unfortunately like his, and it does, it feels completely unfair to be like when this guy does his third, fourth year player playing in summer league thing, it's not okay. But when these other guys do it, it's fine. It feels kind of crappy to do that. But at the same time, James Wiseman has just not proven that he is anything else at this point. He hasn't. He hasn't. I I, I will I will continue to, to no one's gonna make me waver on my beliefs. Like they can say, oh look at this play, look look at his numbers, 16 to 12, double double in summer league. That's where it comes down to watching the actual game film and not just the highlights, but watching the film where, hey, he's out of position. Hey, he's completely taking over this possession when he has no business doing it. Um, but let's move on from James Wiseman. I did want to share my thoughts on Ivy and Dern. I was really hoping, especially for Ivy, uh, that he'd be able to come out and, and look like one of those guys that was just too good for summer league. You know, we've, we've seen it with some of the other guys that, that were rookies last year. Keegan Murray came out on fire. Jalen Williams for Oklahoma City came out, looked really, really good. A number of guys came out that, you know, have played summer league before, have NBA experience, and just showed, hey, yeah, we're going to play a game or two, and then we're done. Jabari Smith Jr., another guy who absolutely 
killed the Pistons. Uh, that came out and was just like, hey, we're we're too good to be here. And I don't know if Jaden Ivey's playing in this game that, that's going to have happened uh, by, by the time this podcast is out. I, I think I, I'm a proponent of getting as many reps as you can. I think he should be. Uh, if those were the only two games that we saw from Jaden Ivey in Summer League, I can't say I'm not a little bit underwhelmed. Uh, I get maybe he wasn't going as as as, as hard uh, as he you know would in a regular NBA game, but I can't say I wasn't a little bit underwhelmed in in the decision making uh, and, and the defensive uh, you know plays things like that. I was just hoping for a little more. I was hoping he could kind of fall under that grouping of guys that were too good to be here. Uh, he didn't do that for me. I think Jalen Dern showed the most out of anyone uh, on this summer league roster in the first two games. I liked the shooting. I liked the willingness to shoot. Uh, I think that is an important aspect of his game that he does need to develop. And I think this is a good opportunity to do it. Now, I don't think that three-point shot's coming with him uh, to the NBA court anytime soon. But even if you get that into that that 16-foot jumper that he was taking towards the end of last season when he came back from his injury, you know, if he can continue to develop that and expand uh, his game in that regard, that's going to help open up stuff for him and, and, and for the Pistons overall. So I think he showed uh, the most out of those guys, but I don't think anyone uh, on the Pistons summer league team did anything that was made me, you know, drop my jaw, my eyes widened and was like, wow, these guys, that this, this is going to be exciting. These guys got it. Um, oh, okay. Aaron. So once again, you neglect to give Bay Buddy Bayheim his flowers. I see how it is, dude. I understand, man. No, no problem. What does the guy have to do? He's six of seven from the floor in summer league. True, true. Like, the what else do you want? On. Yeah, exactly. This, I'm still just tired. The two-way contracts. I don't think he is. And you still? No, he's not. They, they, uh, they, they cut him from that two two-way contract. You know why? Because it's time for him to earn his way onto the 15-man roster outright, <laughs> baby. Let's go. You're just a hater, Aaron. All I'm tired of it. Plan. Hater, 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 hater. Um, no, but yeah, I'm 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 with you on that too. I think I think I'll, I'll play a little devil's advocate here. You know, it's different for guards than it is for big men. It's why, like, whenever a good young big man comes out and he's got great athletic skills, he always looks so much better his rookie year than you know, the young athletic guard does because what you need to do for those positions is different. When you're a young big man, as long as you give great effort and you have the physical skills, you're going to produce. As a guard, it takes more mental, you know, there's there's more of a mental aspect to the game. There's more of a chemistry aspect to the game and, and understanding what your teammates do and how they move and how to get them the ball properly. And I think when it comes down to Jaden Ivey, yeah, I would be completely lying if I said I didn't expect him to come out and completely dominate Summer League and just be too fast, too strong, too smart, too skilled for everybody. And it hasn't happened, and that's been kind of disappointing. But if I'm going to play devil's advocate, like I think it's also just easier for Jalen Duran to impress us at this point in their respective developments than it is for Jaden Ivey, because we've seen Jaden Ivey do some pretty incredible stuff out on an NBA court. Um, we've seen Jalen Duran do some great NBA stuff as well, but like we haven't seen him hit threes consistently. We haven't seen him really, you know, try and break down guys off the dribble. And so for me, I think unless Jaden Ivey was putting up these ridiculous all around numbers, I think it would be hard for him to really impress. You know what I mean? I, I think he's kind of in that like lose lose situation. 
Because again, even if he does show out in summer league, well, who cares? It's summer league, right? Well, I care as a big fan. Sorry, other than Aaron Johnson. (laughs) Other than Aaron Johnson, who cares? Maybe the people in attendance. But but really, honestly, like it doesn't count for anything. So I'm willing to let Jaden Ivey off the hook a little bit more than I would be willing to say let Jalen Duran off the hook if he looks completely outmatched or James Wiseman for that for that uh, matter. One final point I want to make on Summer League. I was a little surprised Killian Hayes didn't play this year, especially with the fact that that Wiseman was was already going, you know, as another fourth-year guy. Um, I, I think it would have been beneficial for Hayes, uh, seemingly, who's seemingly going to be really, really fighting for any sort of minutes this upcoming season with Cunningham, Ivy. Alec Burks, Monte Morris, Marcus Sasser, all in the fold and all seemingly better players than him currently. Uh, I was a little surprised that he did not play this year. Uh, I don't know if that's, there's also a potential move coming where he's getting dealt so the Pistons aren't risking his health. Uh, I, I believe we saw that already with someone earlier this summer who was left off the summer league roster who you would imagine would be on it. I can't think of the name, and I, I could be uh, misremembering. But I was a little surprised that Killian Hayes didn't play. And also, where is Gabriele Prochita? Like, when are we gonna are we gonna see this guy? No, or, never, never. Did, he's never coming over. Is he's, never, a, he's, he's never gonna be this. It's never happening. I thought he was with the team in Vegas, though. I feel he, like he I, was. He's just not on the roster. I think in order for him to be on the roster, they'd probably have to do some sort of like it probably would have to be some sort of negotiation with the Euro basket team he's playing for. You know what I mean? Cause he's under contract. He's not a piston. He, he's still under contract in Germany. Um, and he just hasn't, I mean, honestly, like it's nice to see the highlight packages, but uh, look at the stats. Like he has not shot very well. He hasn't been on the court all that much. I know it's a different game. Like look at, look at Doncic's Euro basket stats, but like, Nah, I don't I don't know if it's going to happen. I, a guy you brought up, though, really quick, Aaron, and, and we'll wrap this up as well, but Marcus Sasser, because you said in talking about Killian Hayes, you brought up Marcus Sasser and even said that you think he might be a better player than Killian Hayes. Do you feel that way? Have you been impressed by anything you've seen from the guy that, you know, the Pistons traded up for to take in the first round of this year's draft? Yeah, Sasser hasn't necessarily stood out to me. I think he has you know, a couple of nice plays that he's made. But I think the Pistons overall have been pretty underwhelming in summer league. Uh, I just, I just would imagine Sasser as someone you traded up for to get at, at this point, you'd imagine he'd be ahead of Hayes uh, in the rotation. Maybe he's not, but I, I would imagine the Pistons trading up to get him, him being an older college player. That's why, I, you know, that's why I was expecting him to be in the rotation this year uh, before the Monte Morris trade. Considering they traded up, considering he's an older college player, I don't know if that's still the case now. I don't necessarily see how it works with uh, uh, assuming him, Morris, and Burks have to come off the bench. So Harris, who probably plays most of his minutes at the three at this point, but it's an awkward situation overall. That's another topic that we don't need to get into today. But Oh, my God. Joe Harris. That is ugly. That's horrible to think about yeah there's a lot of questions there I I guess for me with Sasser like I don't if I'm Killian Hayes I don't feel worried about Marcus Sasser because I haven't seen him make a single 
play for another play. I, I can't think of a single play that like I've seen him make for somebody else. It's all been him, you know, not catch and shoot, but like catch, take a couple of dribbles, try and get around a screen and shoot. Or have you seen something else that I have? No, I'll just say that if, if, if that's the case and, and Sasser, you know, was essentially a wasted pick. I hope the people that are, I'm going to be polite. I hope the people that are applauding Troy Weaver for, for the, the use of, uh, of cap space to get some second round picks in the Joe Harris trade and, and adding assets to the cupboard, adding assets to the war chest uh, with those second round picks are going to do the same and, uh, you know, share their displeasure with Troy Weaver for using second round picks to move up for Sasser if he ends up being nothing. I mean, fair is fair, right? I'm just, just going to throw that out there. Well, so and apparently and also for getting second round picks is all of a sudden, wow, that's an amazing, like these second round picks are going to help us acquire a star. I, I, I don't know where this idea and mindset's coming from, but that's the, well, end. if we're talking about financial responsibility as well, second round picks are not guaranteed contracts, whereas the first round picks are. So just saying uh if marcus sasser is a guy that you aren't going to clear any space for and he's going to be on your g league team seems kind of like a silly expenditure of money does it not to you as well aaron Troy weaver would never do that jasper it's insane that you would even make a comment like that no no no, no. of course Troy weaver would never negotiate against himself except for all those times when he has uh yeah no that's kind of how i feel about marcus sasser um i, I think for me Final thoughts on Summer League. I- I'm coming away from it. Asar Thompson is really what I'm going to be watching when when we finish this podcast. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens for him. I can see such a wide range of outcomes. I think that he has the IQ. I think he has the athleticism to hit the higher end of those outcome ranges, which is to say like a Andre Iguodala type versus a Stanley Johnson type. Um but it's going to be fascinating to see. He really is, I think, more than almost any other play on the roster, like the true boom bust. Like if this guy hits, he's going to really change the entire outlook of what your team is able to do at the wing position. And if he doesn't hit, let's be real, you're probably blowing this thing up in two years. So it's maybe three years. We'll we'll, we'll see. But I think Another... this is actually going to be. I'm sorry. Another discussion we should probably... Uh, no, we won't have it right now. But, like, I think the more I see of Asar Thompson, the more I really see of, like, okay, this is this is a player whose development is going to be really intriguing to watch on a game-to-game basis, in my opinion, um, and a season-to-season basis. It's, it's going to be really interesting and intriguing to see how he progresses, so. No doubt, no doubt. His... his uh, it, development's vital for, for this organization moving forward anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap the show uh no not really anything else i mean i'll give a big shout out to stanley amude um i i he had my two favorite defensive plays of the Pistons season last year against the minnesota timberwolves i'm happy to see him getting playing time in both of their summer league games um i i think he deserved it uh the guy really really works really hard and i don't think that we talk about a lot of those guys who don't have really any chance to make the roster and i just want to give him a little shout out on that Kiefer sykes always love to see that guy um as well 
I'm hoping we can maybe get a little Xavier Simpson tonight. We'll we'll see, Aaron. It it remains to be uh, revealed, but all shall be revealed in time. He did play in game two, so so we'll see if he plays uh, in in game three, which is tipping off in literally minutes. So that's where we're gonna end the show, so we can go watch the Pistons in Las Vegas Summer League. That's gonna do it, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks as always to our our wonderful sponsor, Bet Online. This is the Palace of Pistons podcast brought to you by Believe. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.